When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome in to another edition of the PHNX d podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montita. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX. This guy next to me is the vice mayor. He's also Thunderstick, Jesse Freed. Nobody wants to see your knees, Derek. Why, Man, are, you, why are you doing this to the I don't, people? I don't know because it's summertime <laughs> and I'm ready. I'm ready for shorts and I'm ready for these dumb shirts I wear. Uh, but more importantly... I am ready for Arizona Diamondbacks baseball, uh, and we have plenty of that to talk about, including Corbin Carroll and his contract extension that will keep him part of this organization for quite a while. This show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And yes, as you may have seen, we had an emergency podcast over the weekend. We better have seen it. Had also, yeah, go watch it if you haven't. Stop this one. Go wait, no, don't stop this one. Keep watching this one live. Go check that one out. Maybe at the same time, dual screen action. I don't know. But get down on the Corbin Carroll extension. Of course, if you might have missed it, Corbin Carroll signed a contract extension with the Arizona Diamondbacks, eight years, $111 million with a club option for the extra uh, ninth year that could keep him here until he's 31 years old. Is that right? Yeah, through a- his age 30 season, he would be 31 by the end of that year. Yeah. So we uh, have a lot of we have a lot more information now that it's made, been made official on the terms of the contract. Um, but we had a chance to go to a press conference over the weekend with Mike Hazen and Corbin Carroll both speaking, and they elaborated more on why this deal was so important. But I feel Jesse like the big thing here is that uh, Corbin Carroll. Shrewd negotiator, still not just signing this deal because he's a young kid and doesn't know any better. In fact, we found out that he was quite involved in the yes. process, but um, <laughs> also just something that I feel like uh, just helps him have that peace of mind that he's seeking to focus on baseball. And that, to me, honestly, seems like a big part of who Corbin Carroll is. He, he talked about it in the press conference, but he just wants to play baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. I think we kind of suspected going into this that Corbin Carroll probably played a pretty significant role sure. uh, in this extension. And we have some some clips uh, from Joe Urban, Corbin Carroll's agent, that we're going to play later in the show, uh, which I'm really excited for you all to hear. But yeah, suffice it to say, our suspicions were correct. Uh, Corbin Carroll is one of the most cerebral athletes that I've ever talked to. Granted, my my journalistic career is, uh, you know, still in its early stages. But uh, but Corbin Carroll, I mean, it's it's very clear when you talk to this kid. He's very thoughtful about uh, how he speaks. You know, are you allowed to call him a kid? You know, I believe I have two years on Corbin Carroll. So, I I mean, at least I am older. At least I I am older. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, there's certainly no surprises that he was involved in this process uh, and that he wanted to be an Arizona Diamondback at the end of the day. Uh, We did find out, uh, as you also hear more about later in the show, this deal almost fell through uh, many times, it sounds like, throughout the process, even uh, going right down to the wire in the last few hours 
Corbin Carroll's agent told us that uh, there was a very real possibility that this would not happen. I think I can speak for every Diamondbacks fan and say that everyone is very pleased uh, that this deal ultimately did go down. Yeah, and Mike Hazen had a lot of good things to say about Corbin Carroll, especially when he's standing there like 10 feet did away. Did he ever? I mean, he's like a proud father yeah, like no, uh, yeah. moment almost. But it's, it's also <laughs> the fact that you are very excited and proud that this deal got done, especially Hazen also commented on how it almost didn't get done. Um, and, and again, there wasn't really a sense of urgency on Corbin Carroll's part, at least, to get this deal done as much as there was a sense of urgency on the Arizona Diamondbacks' part to get this done. So I, I think if it, if the deal didn't get done before the end of the season, negotiations would have cooled off. I believe Corbin Carroll was asked about that. Like, he would have gone into baseball mode, and this would have probably uh, been just kind of tabled until – the end of the season potentially you know so he could focus on baseball but uh if corbin carroll has the kind of season that a lot of people are projecting him to and we are hoping him to then that price tag could go up significantly after the end of the season so yeah there there was something on corbin carroll's end to lose here and that is committing to this contract to this deal before he truly has his breakout season which honestly could have probably gotten him some more money and that's again why the sense of urgency was more on the Arizona Diamondbacks side yeah yeah I think so uh this is something that I uh you know was certainly initiated by the Diamondbacks in these situations the team approaches the player and you know says hey we're we're interested in doing an extension with you um want to make this thing long term? yeah wanna... yeah you want to like do you like us we like <laughs> you do you like us too is this mutual or, yeah. or is ours just we're just gonna feel really awkward because yeah. we find out that you right. don't like us that as you much don't as like, we yeah. like you yeah. um but yeah i mean it it sounds like what happened here is the diamondbacks went to corbin carroll and didn't really know what to expect mike hazen has a lot of experience in front offices going back to his time in boston his time in cleveland before that and uh, and he spoke in his press conference about how, generally speaking, when you go to players in these situations, you keep your expectations very low. Yeah, because a lot of times guys who have played 32 games in the big leagues and haven't really had a chance to showcase how good they can be for a long period of time. They're not interested in taking less money than what they Correct. you know very possibly could get um, if they were to go out and have the kind of year that Corbin Carroll very well could have. Um, but you know, it sounds like both sides were able to, to work something out. And, uh, I think if you look closer at this deal, you can kind of see how, uh, this not only makes sense for the diamondbacks, but I think there, there is a, a case here on, on Corbin Carroll's side. And you can really understand why this is something that he was comfortable with. First, Jesse did describe every relationship with a woman I had in high school, uh, with that way that, that rant started off. Um, <laughs> uh, but I also, <laughs> I also want to say that, you know, Mike Hazen, uh, admitted, uh, openly during the press conference, which which was a little surprising to me, at least. I'm not sure if Jesse feels the same way, but he openly admitted to having made mistakes in the past. Yeah, and, he, and that he, was surprising. And he brought up Paul Goldschmidt's name. He said that he said the name. He said he the said, name. He said, he said he's his name <laughs> who can't be said. Actually, we have that clip. Here's Mike Hazen talking about why Corbin Carroll is such a priority to them, and also how he has learned. Uh, on how this kind of deal can impact the locker room. We're not guaranteed anything in these types of deals, right? We're not guaranteed. We don't, we don't know what, what the future is going to hold. Um, I don't have a crystal ball on these things. I, I, so I don't know exactly um, where some of that will come down from a performance standpoint. But I do know some things. And I'll tell you exactly what I know about the human being that, that we're signing. Um, that human being I'm convinced of um, 
goes to bed every night fixated on how he is going to be a better player the next day and what he could do to help the organization and the team win. And having that in your clubhouse with, let's be honest, with a contract behind him, frankly, um, I think sends a pretty strong message into that clubhouse that we are we 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 did it last year with a couple guys. Um, we're we're trying to anchor down around the players that are here that we've come up through our system that we feel we know the most that we've known the most from since day one. We were lucky to be able to draft him. Frankly, um, I, I said that to Corbin, not try to embarrass him, but we were lucky to be able to take him where we did. And this organization was lucky that that player was there when we were able to draft him. And keeping him here for a long period of time, um, I've traded a couple players out of this organization that, you know, they're, you know, sliding doors. We, we have, you know, uh, Christian Walker. We, we benefited from having Christian Walker here. Um, but it's not lost on me that, you know, trading Paul Goldschmidt wasn't probably, you know, the from a from a you know clubhouse standpoint wasn't the best thing that I ever did, frankly. Um, and you know, part of I think doing these jobs is trying to remain somewhat flexible about where, where some of the areas you may have gone left when you should have gone right were. Um, and now having Corbin here, we're, we're not going to be faced with that decision for the next nine seasons. Mike, uh... we know you went left when you should have gone right on that one, buddy. <laughs> I don't think anybody's disagreeing with you on that. But yeah, he had lots of praise there for Corbin Carroll. Couldn't talk say enough about who Carroll is as a person, as a as just beyond his his abilities on the field. They talked in this press conference at length about how dedicated he is to the game, how much he, you know, how he just tries to go to sleep uh, every single night thinking about how he can be a better player the next day. And honestly, the one thing about that, it all sounds like stuff almost every athlete says kind of as a cliche, but they say it in a way where it's almost unbelievable the way that they've witnessed Corbin Carroll walk walk the walk instead of just saying that he's trying to get better they they yeah. see it every single day yeah i mean mike hazen talked about corbin carroll basically having to break into salt river fields yes. during the off season yes uh when he yeah. was when he was doing his rehab and i think in in some of these more recent off seasons as well uh yeah i mean he's that kind of guy he's the kind of guy who's gonna put in uh you know as much work as anyone else obviously if you're if you're a pro athlete if you've made it to this level you're probably pretty dedicated to what you do yeah i don't want to take anything away from other guys in that clubhouse but Corbin Carroll, it sounds like, I mean, you just can't ask for any more uh, than than what he's brought to the D-backs clubhouse. Uh, Mike also told a story about uh, when Jordan Lawler went through a very, very similar injury. Of course, we all know about the the shoulder thing yeah. uh, with with Diamondbacks first round draft picks, right? They all they all, <laughs> uh, you know, need shoulder surgery within a month or two. That's right. Um, standard practice. Yeah, standard practice. And, and Mike talked about how when Jordan Lawler uh, had that injury and underwent surgery and all, all that stuff that Corbin Carroll went through as well, he went to Corbin Carroll and he said, like, hey, you got through this. I want you to make sure that Lawler gets through this too. Yeah. And and Mike's Mike told us, you know, he didn't really have any expectations. He just kind of said that in passing. And and sure enough, you know, Corbin Carroll and Jordan Lawler start showing up at, at all Diamondbacks games and, you know, sitting down with scouts and talking about what they're seeing on the field and trying to learn and grow in every way that they can. Corbin Carroll is is not going to be that, you know, super vocal, loud, you know, clubhouse leader guy, but you're talking about a guy who who leads by example and and leads his teammates in the right direction. That's a story that that really stands out. And I love the scouting aspect of him 
uh, obviously getting injured and finding a way to use his time wisely when no one requested that of him. Nobody asked him to do it. It was just something he chose to do on his own. Uh, And it almost feels like he knows a cheat code, right? Like, and he wants Jordan Lawler to unlock the cheat code because it's like there's something invaluable about spending time where you would otherwise be sitting around not really doing much uh, learning from from guys that can teach you things as an athlete, as a player, uh, especially about being in that box and taking those at bats that no one else can really teach you. And to be honest, a lot of athletes, unless they're injured, don't have this kind of time to sit down and, and, and sit with scouts. So it's just a really valuable way that Carroll found to use this time. And it's just one example of the kind of person he is and the kind of player he is. They see this stuff, right? It's like a lot of things. We talk about what Tori looks at during a spring training game, right? It's not the it's not necessarily the the results on the paper because nobody gives a shit about the results of spring training games. It's how the players uh, bounce back from adversity in some cases. Maybe, yeah, you had a clean game. That's great. That really doesn't tell us as much as you giving up five runs in the first inning and then coming out and pitching four scoreless after that or something to that effect. We've seen it out of Brandon Fott. We've seen it out of Dre Jamison where they've had rough innings uh, during this spring training and they bounce back. There's things like that that they're looking at more than necessarily the fact that you gave up six earned runs. Yeah. With Corbin Carroll, it's it's kind of a constant monitoring process of his behavior and the the way that he is committed, not only to the game of baseball, but to the Diamondbacks organization. Mike Hazen had nothing but praise about that particular situation Jesse brought up because they were surprised to actually see him following through on something that they asked him for. But more importantly, they didn't really give him much information on what he should do to help Lawler along he took the initiative to kind of make sure Lawler came to chase field and sat with the scouts and did the thing. So like, I don't know, but uh, Jesse does have more information on Corbin Carroll's contract, which does get bigger as the years go on. Analysis Derek. Let's break it down. It's it's not, it's not just, it's not just more information. It's hard hitting and hard hitting analysis. Let's go. Uh, You want, you want to go numbers? You want to do let's go. Let's go. uh, Let's go signing bonus first and then go from there. Okay. All right. So, so we have uh, exact details on on what this contract actually looks like on a year by year basis, which uh, we didn't have when we did our emergency pod on Saturday. So it's a five million dollar signing bonus. Carol will make one million in twenty twenty three, three million next year, five million in twenty twenty five. Typically, twenty twenty six would be. Uh, when he would hit arbitration for the first time, this lovely process that we've discussed at length. <laughs> There's um, a great reason to, to yeah. re-sign him now, to never go through that yes, horrible yes. fucking di- process. The Diamondbacks will never go through arbitration with uh, with Corbin Carroll. Gotta get is, an Arizona iced tea out here right now. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so $10 million for 2026, which is a pretty healthy number to start out in arbitration. That escalates to $12 million 2027, $14 million 2028. Those Amen. are your six years that would have been under control anyway. So those six numbers that I just gave, those are salary figures that the Diamondbacks have essentially locked in on years that they would have had team control over anyway. Now they just know exactly what they're going to pay for those. Which, which, in all honesty, are substantially more than he would have received. Potentially. Potentially. It's not to say that Corbin Carroll's value might not have skyrocketed to a superstar level prior to those arbitration years, but... For the most part, it's kind of guaranteed money that is higher than what he was going to be getting. And that's what I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I, I mean, think that's, that's, that's still, possible. You know what I mean? Like, it it's, remains it's to be seen. It's a total of $50 million, all the numbers that I've given so far. So the D-backs are committing $50 million to Corbin Carroll uh, through through 2028. And if, if the Diamondbacks hadn't signed this extension, they still would have had team control through 2028. 
Corbin Carroll, frankly, would have to play really dang well in order to make $50 million yeah. through the normal yes. arbitration process. He would have only made, he would have made probably under a million for the next three years instead of making 1 million, 3 million, five. then 5 million. Um, and then those arbitration figures are, are pretty good too. They're definitely near the upper tier. I, I want to say that um, his name is, is eluding me. Francisco Lindor, that's the name. Uh, Francisco Lindor, I believe, made about $52 million uh, through his last year of arbitration. And he obviously had some outstanding years, uh, you know, in his early days with Cleveland and whatnot. So uh, you have to be really good in order to get to that number just naturally. So the D-backs are putting a lot of faith in Corbin Carroll, uh, even in those front six years. And then the real extension part of this happens in 2029. These are the additional years of club control that the Diamondbacks get their they're guaranteeing Carroll $28 million in 2029, $28 million in 2030, and then 2031, you have a $28 million option with a $5 million buyout. So the D-backs are essentially buying out the six years they already had at a reasonably high number, yeah. a number that Carroll would have had to play very well to, to actually receive. Um, and then they're adding on two years guaranteed at $28 million. Those would have been free agent years. And then the opportunity of getting one more of those years uh, in the form of a club option in 2031. So uh, when you put it all together, Derek, it's kind of like, yeah, like 111 million. We talked about the Julio Rodriguez number and the Wander Franco number and, and some of the other numbers that we've seen in similar extensions over the last few years. Uh, but I mean, looking at this, you can yeah. see how from Carol's perspective, it's like, yeah, like like this is actually a pretty favorable deal in some ways. Uh, and of course, he has the opportunity to tack on even more to those twenty-eight million dollar years if he finishes somewhere yeah. in MVP voting. So, which we know he will. Which, which I don't have a crazy. crystal ball, just like Mike Hazen, but I think that's the case. Nine years, one hundred fifty-four million maximum. Yeah, is still a pretty decent amount of money. I assume he would have to win MVP like all that. three of those years in order to actually max that out entirely. Fine. But fine. You think, is that going to okay happen to you? Did the crystal ball okay. tell you that's going to happen to you? I'll let you know, but uh, <laughs> I, I will say Corbin Carroll uh, discussed at this press conference how he feels uh, now that the deal is done. And he also talks about what it means to the clubhouse. You'll get to see a little glimpse into uh, Corbin Carroll being thoughtful, as we've talked about, because he does take a moment during this press conference to uh, like think about the question asked, which you might not be able to hear. He, he gets asked, uh, uh, how does this like kind of translate over to the clubhouse. What does this mean like to his teammates and things like that? And uh, yeah, he does, he does the Corbin Carroll he does move the Corbin where Carroll he thing. does the Corbin Carroll thing where he <laughs> thinks about it for a second and then gives us an answer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good feeling. Um, you know, I, I didn't really go into it thinking, you know, I need to get something done to me. It, it felt like kind of just, it needed to make sense to both sides in terms of, what you're giving up in terms of risk and leverage. And, you know, when we got to a place that was a win-win, um, I thought it was a no-brainer. Mike talked about a message to the clubhouse, trust in you, trust in the young guys. What does it get your deal done? What does it say to the rest of the team, I guess? What does it say to the rest of the team? I think it says a lot about, you know, what's to come. I think it talks a lot about the backing that we're going to have in terms of if we go out there and play, you know, our baseball and have a successful team that, you know, we're going to, we're going to have all the support. Um, I think that's, that's a lot of that. And I talked about that a bit during our, you know, our, our breaking podcast the other day, but it really does send a message to the locker room that, you know, yeah. we want to keep you guys here. 
there might be, you know, the, the adverse effect to a deal like this is there might be some bad feelings. There might be some people that aren't thrilled that they didn't get a contract extension and Corbin Carroll, that is, you know, a much younger player, you know, you got have to kind of understand, though, right? I think they do. Like, you know like I mean? who in the D-backs clubhouse right now is like, darn, I should have gotten an extension. I don't think I don't think it's it that. But I think like, for instance, we know that Zach Gallon is a priority and we know that that's as time fair. moves on, that that seems to be less and less likely. And so that's the main one I think of. I think of other guys like Jake McCarthy and, you know, uh, for instance, uh, Team Mexico's Alec Thomas. Like these are guys that might be just uh, motivated by the fact that someone like Corbin Carroll got this deal because they are also part of this core that the team is building. Gabriel yeah, Moreno, that's a good point. another guy. Moreno is another guy who I think, you know, could kind of play towards that and want that same contract extension. And I think those are guys that they could potentially extend, right? So it's about getting to them early enough in their career uh, and making it sensible for a team like the Diamondbacks that are is never going to have the payroll that some of the teams in the NL West have. So yeah. deals like this are the only way that they can build towards success. Yeah, yeah, and I, I wrote about that at gophnx.com, basically making the case that the D-backs kind of had to do this. Yeah, they really <laughs> did. It is a risk, right? Uh, I know that $111 million, we can we can have the whole conversation about like how many war Corbin Carroll is projected to post and how the value of that war far exceeds the value of this contract. We can certainly go there. Um, but the reality is that players, before they reach free agency, go any good player is going to substantially outperform their rookie contract no matter what. For sure. Um, For sure. So, Especially when he's the fastest man in baseball. Especially that. Right? I especially mean, Especially that on. and all of the, all of the other things that, that he does as well. So... Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a, a big investment for the Diamondbacks, no doubt. Um, I think 111 million over, you know, eight years, you can do the math with the AAV and all that stuff again, yeah. because the D-backs are buying out so many of these, you know, these pre-ARB years and, and his three ARB years that normally would be so cheap. You can't really do an AAV on this whole contract you and cannot. be like, oh, yeah. the D-backs, I mean, 13 million a year, whatever it is, that's so cheap. No, that's not really how this works. No. Like the D-backs are basically paying quite handsomely for Up the front. six years that yeah. they already had. Right. Um, and then they're saying, we think Corbin Carroll is worth $28 million a year when he hits free agency right now, six years from when that, that actually would have happened. That's a gamble, right? That's absolutely a gamble. Uh, but I made, I made the case in, in that story that for the Diamondbacks, it's a move they have to make. Uh, think about what Corbin Carroll could be worth if he becomes the player that we think he'll be and he hits the open market at age 28. I mean, you could be talking like we talked a lot about free agency this winter and what, you know, the Trey Turners and Dansby Swansons and Xander Bogarts of the world got. Uh, compare that with what, you know, Corbin Carroll will be younger than I believe all of those guys, maybe with the exception of Dansby Swanson when he hits free agency and with how good a lot of people think he'll be. I mean, you could you could be talking about a contract that takes him to age 40, right? You could be yeah. talking about 200, 300 million dollars. Um, and I, I don't know if that's an investment the Diamondbacks realistically would be able to pursue. Brett Johnson's going off about Chris Rose in the comments, but I understand the hypocrisy, right? We praise teams like the Atlanta Braves for doing the exact same thing the Diamondbacks do. Maybe it's because the or did with this. Maybe it's because the Braves have done it with their entire team and the Diamondbacks really have just locked in a couple of guys especially Carroll for the long term. It's a little different. Um, but the idea that it's too early for Corbin Carroll, I think is pretty absurd to most people.
that know what Corbin Carroll has done already at this point in his career, that have met him, that have spoke to him. It's like Mike Hazen said, so much of it is about the character of who he is and and the kind of guy that they want to make a long-term member of this organization. But uh, there were different structures and the relationship between Corbin Carroll's agent, Joe Urban, uh, and Mike Hazen was a big factor in making this deal happen. Yeah. Uh, And, of course, we talked a little bit about how this deal almost fell apart, but uh, here's some more on uh, this deal from from, uh, Carroll's agent, Joe Urban. There were a lot of iterations. Yes, we had, uh, you know, again, I, I, I said, it's not like we do these every day. It's not like Mike does them every day. It's not like the Yankees do them every day. So, the, you know, uh, but there are, there, there are and have been uh, different structural contracts lately. You know, Julio's is very, way different than... Um, wanders. Uh, it's way different for the most part in length and value than Michael Harris and very different than Corbin Carroll's. So um, I think there was a point in time where we said, well, what about this? And they said, we're not going to do that, but what about this? And I think that if, if he and I, if Hayes and I didn't have the relationship we had and the ability to speak directly to each other the way we did, it could have fallen apart many times because of the different iterations we both put in front of each other. Obviously, again, there, Mike Hazen, uh, like you said, right out of his mouth, that this deal could have fallen apart had they not known each other the way they did. And I, I know Mike Hazen has done a great job at establishing relationships around Major League Baseball, but this once again goes to show how important it is that, especially for a team like the Diamondbacks, that are never going to have the payroll that some of these other teams have. Yeah, yeah. Apologies for the audio not being as as top notch as we as we try to make it around <laughs> here. This is what happens when I record the audio is, rather yeah, than Derek using his fancy setups. So he refused I, to buy a mic. He I take just responsibility. Not uh, we have one more clip from Urban, which I think the audio on that one's maybe slightly better. Okay. Uh, there is a, a part at the very end that I'm concerned might blow some people's ears off. So. Uh, so just just so everyone's forewarned. But uh, <laughs> now that we've got that on, on the table. Um, yeah. So the the uh, connection between Joe Urban and Mike Hazen, we asked about that uh, as well in this interview. Uh, Joe Urban has been an agent for uh, CAA for a long time. Uh, CAA is one of the uh, most commonly used agencies across baseball. Uh, he's been there for a while. And uh, he explained to us that when Mike Hazen was back in Cleveland, uh, when he was working as part of that organization, uh, Joe Urban had one Grady Sizemore uh, as one of his clients. And so, the, you know, they were part of some negotiations way back then. Um, Joe also told us that he sat down and talked with Mike Hazen after Hazen did not get the GM job uh, that he tried to get with the San Diego Padres. Um, so they have quite a quite a history <laughs> Um, and and know each other very well. And so it sounds like, as you heard Joe in that clip, it sounds like a big part of this was Joe being able to be very honest and upfront with Mike Hazen, like, yeah, this is going to work. This is not going to work. We would consider this. We wouldn't consider this. Um, and kind of, kind of getting past a little bit, kind of that, you know, business speak a little bit where you're constantly trying to like make sure you don't give up too much leverage. I'm buying a car right now, so saying. I feel this. I feel this <laughs> in my soul. This is exactly what me and the car salesman is going are they're going through right now. This dance. 
And I wish we could just be honest with each yeah. other, but we can't. We have to lie to each other. Uh, it's part of how it works. It's part here. of how it's it works. It's part of buying yeah. a car. Yeah, it Jesse, be a car Jesse's trying to help me out. Like I'm not that. listening, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, we have more from uh, Carol's agent uh, on that, on Joe Urban. He actually <laughs> let his guard down. That actually was. Uh, listen, he is not a. He is as much as we like to call him a machine <laughs> or a robot. He's not. <laughs> He's obviously a human being, very thoughtful, very quiet, very, you know, uh, uh, he was, he was ecstatic. Um, in fact, I think he gave, I think he saw when he saw Hayes, I think he gave him a hug before he even passed his physical. And I was like, <laughs> pass that physical, part of the contract. I don't believe that Corbin Carroll's not a machine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe that, but that's what he was talking about there about Corbin Carroll. And, yes, uh, he's definitely very thoughtful, as we saw, as we showed in that clip earlier. We talked about this a bunch, but you know, he's just a very thoughtful individual, and uh, he's a guy that at this point is definitely uh, growing as a, as a baseball player. I think that he has, like we've talked about before, he's matured quite a bit just in what we've seen from him from the end of last season to now. And uh, I'm 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 happy for him. I'm happy for the organization. Like this deal makes a lot of sense, and I think it's not like as much as we want to immediately peg this as a team friendly deal. Uh, like Justin Corbin Carroll's out, getting twenty eight million dollars. He's getting a lot of money right over yeah. two years when he's literally played in thirty two games. Yeah, uh, but no, I I love that story that that Joe told there about Carroll letting his guard down uh, when the deal was made official. How he gives Mike Hazen a hug before he actually passed the physical. And uh, Joe Irvin was like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be, uh, you know, giving hugs Hugging. just yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I'm all for it. You're I'm all, all for it. it. I okay. love it. I, <laughs> I I, think it's it, 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 again, shows what kind of person he is. And you said it about Mike Hazen, right? Mike Hazen did sound like a proud father at this press conference. Yeah. He was just gloating about his tremendously talented son. Uh, and I would feel <laughs> the same way. I would feel the same way. You know, he's he's a fantastic player and we can't wait to watch him. Uh, grow further on this team maybe become the face of this team we talked about that a bit you know do, you know do, does Corbin Carroll become the crown jewel of this organization and they completely build around him he's a great guy to do that around and there's a lot of young players in a similar age range that that they can do that with we're just going to talk about Corbin Carroll for the first 30 minutes of every show for correct for two months, three months. Welcome How into long? the Corbin Carroll podcast. My name is Corbin Carroll, occasionally known as the mayor of PHNX. This guy's also Corbin Carroll. Uh, but the bigger question we have is how are we going to watch Corbin Carroll this year? And that is still up in the air because now we have new information about the fact that Major League Baseball is set and ready to broadcast Arizona Diamondbacks baseball games and not just the Diamondbacks, but the other teams with extremely team friendly uh, contracts. Uh, in relation to Diamond Sports Group and this bankruptcy that they're currently yeah. going through. Reds, Guardians, Padres. Yep. The other and those were the other teams that we talked about were also in danger of potentially having uh, missing their rights payment the way the Diamondbacks have. Up to this point, uh, Diamond Sports Group still has until this Thursday at midnight to make that payment. So we will see how that situation evolves throughout this week. But it looks like MLB is, in fact, already set to broadcast a half a dozen games from these four teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's happening quick. Uh, this is all happening very quickly. And uh, an interesting part of this story is that uh, they use the word free, Derek. They are going uh, to be free I, baseball games. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> Would they just be on MLB.com? 
I'm wondering, and someone asked me about this on Twitter as well, and I don't know if I have a, a firm answer. My guess is that for out of market, uh, you would still have to pay because like, wouldn't that kind of compromise MLB.tv if suddenly like certain teams could be watched for free no matter what? Like but what about not- all these people who already paid for MLB.tv and suddenly the team that they want to watch, those games are now free. That doesn't really line up for me. So maybe it's like in market would be free which would be incredible. I mean, that's not going to last, but that would be incredible. But, but it's I, only I'm half a dozen games. At this point. That's the thing. Is that's it's fair. not that many games, so it's not like they're talking about broadcasting the entire season for these teams. But what's interesting is that they are already planning on doing this, yeah. and it sounds like Diamond Sports Group has already kind of told them that <laughs> these four teams uh, are the ones that we are definitely not paying going forward, right? Because these were the teams that were kind of Late editions and Diamond Sports Group added the regional sports network rights for an enormous amount of money. We talked about the Diamondbacks deal being very team friendly. And to be honest, the one thing about that deal is that there's a good chance that they might be losing the most money on the Diamondbacks when you take a look at the other three teams. The other three teams are the San Diego Padres, the Cleveland Guardians, and the Cincinnati Reds. So maybe the Reds are the only one that's close to the Diamondbacks as far as the team not really being as popular. But those other two teams extraordinarily popular uh yeah had a very good season last year i mean it also has to do with your market size though right that's true san San diego Diego is not not as not not it's it's fairly big but it's not as big of a metro area as phoenix so even though the padres are obviously there's all sorts of excitement surrounding that baseball team right now the market is just significantly smaller than than phoenix arizona and in california as a state the padres have many very good teams to compete with as far as for fans right like to be a dodgers fan you can be an oakland fan you can be well not oakland fan but you can be a san francisco giants fan uh there's a lot of other options besides the padres a team that has never won the world series so yeah you're not exactly getting maybe that out of market out of san diego love that you would that's being uh, in a in a city like phoenix where we should figure we should have the whole state but we don't i told jesse i have this wild thing that i revelation that i've experienced during spring training and seeing these uh away games that jesse and i go to be packed with fans like yeah the diamondbacks the one thing that they don't have is that they're a newer team uh in a city where a lot of people have already committed their being a fan due to a different fan base right so when we go to like a royals game even the the stadium's packed with royals fans you don't even see that level of commitment at a diamondbacks home game in the city in the state that this team plays so like i almost feel like baseball fans here in the state are just all divided up amongst their allegiance because most of us have been watching spring training games and watching our favorite teams play here in the cactus league our entire lives yeah, so you don't really enables you almost yeah because like, oh, you, you don't need to change your team because your team is going to play, play for, here a month for a month here and you'll get to go watch all the games and here everyone locally. at the stadium is going to be rooting for the right. same team that you are right. basically versus if you live in like minnesota and you're i don't know let's say you're you know uh, a marlins fan for some reason that lives in minnesota <laughs> right like eventually with time you're not going to give Do up you think your, there like, is a marlins fan that lives in minnesota there's two of them there's yeah. two of them but uh <laughs> they're brothers my boy yeah right. But my point being, eventually, you're going to kind of come around living in the city to those teams. Like, even if not, you're going to eventually say, like, well, the Marlins are my NL team, but I kind of root for the Twins because I live here and stuff like that. Like, it's just I feel like it's just a different thing here with the, the, the Valley already being a giant melting pot of people that came from other places mixed with the fact that baseball is an older sport that we tend to root for the same teams that our parents rooted for and our grandparents rooted for. 
the, the Diamondbacks being such a young team. There's just a lot of things there. But yeah. uh, really what it comes down to is when it, when we talk about these television rights and regional sports networks rights, it doesn't really feel like when you watch a Bally Sports Arizona game, like they have you know, the best advertising and the best dollars coming into that company for these games and things. We've seen all the weird commercials that we experience during any of our local, you know, our local teams <laughs> broadcast. Right. But um, I, I just don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. Like when we question the free aspect of it, but the free aspect of it, it still relies on MLB having to now take over these rights. And, you know, I, I don't know how they're making money in this situation besides advertising revenue, which based on the expedited timeline st timeline still feels like it might not be an, a, a, a enough time for them to really get this stuff in place. Yeah. But baseball has sponsors. They have partners. They have people that they can turn to that now they can off offer, you know, this advertising space on these games and, and people will, these companies will take them up on it. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's just an interesting situation and it continues to kind of turn, I think not in the diamondbacks favor. Right. Like this entire television deal, just so everything that's happening seems to get worse. Diamondbacks were the first team that they missed their re their rights payment for. Uh, they are one of four teams already that the Diamondback or that MLB is admitting that they are going to carry games for. So it just it looks worse and worse as far as this situation between the D-backs and Bally Sports Arizona goes. Yeah. Uh, for people who have asked this, this article, which is from the New York Post, does say that um Major League Baseball plans to keep teams' existing broadcast crews. Um, so I know that's something that I kind of was wondering early on. Maybe uh, some folks out there have had the same question. So I think we're, we're still still Bethune, Bob Brenly, Jody Jackson, Todd Wallace, all the same people that you're used to seeing. I think we'll still be on those broadcasts. But yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be a half dozen uh, games, Derek. I, I think uh, I think I we're think I right. think we're talking about something that's probably right. going to go on for a while. Uh, Major League Baseball, uh, you know, I, I think it could start out being free. Like I said earlier, I don't think it's going to stay that way. Um, but I mean, I guess for fans, maybe this is a kind of a win for fans oh. in the interim. Like if there's any period of time where you can watch in-market Diamondbacks games for free, that's a pretty big win. Like I, I'd be very curious to see how many people kind of jump on the bandwagon of this young baseball team and maybe get kind of excited about this baseball team because, hey, they can actually watch these games that maybe they've been trying to watch for years and years uh, and just, you know, didn't want to pay whatever they had to pay in order to get there. So Fantastic uh, that part of it could be a good thing for the Diamondbacks when it's all said and done. Uh, but yeah, from a financial standpoint, D-backs, as we talked about the other day, already, uh, already missed out on a rights payment. Uh, and it sounds like their TV deal is is one of the worst in this situation, it's, one of the ones that will be compromised yeah. the most. Well, uh, we do have the opportunity to grab ourselves a Four Peaks, sit down, watch these games on MLB, uh, however they decide to broadcast them. So make sure to find your favorite Four Peaks beer. One of my favorites is the Hot Knot IPA. Of course, you can find them all around the Valley, wherever you get your local beers. Uh, and also check out their 8th Street Pub. They have spring training tours through the month of March that are absolutely a blast ghost stories, how beer is made, all sorts of things you can learn. You also have fourpeaks.com slash events for all your beer week, beer week entertainment needs. And you know the best place to spend St. Patty's Day is Four, Four Peaks A Street Pub, of course. Hang with your favorite degenerates, us. Well, not us, not me. I will be at Taylor Swift uh, in all transparency. But <laughs> you guys have a good time and enjoy a damn good uh, meal out there. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. 
and enjoy responsibly. And speaking of a damn good meal, sometimes we don't have time to grab a damn good meal. And that's why Circle K is the absolute best because you can fill up with our friends at Circle K. You can grab yourself a meal to go. You can even get yourself some snacks for later. Uh, Check out your local Circle K for the best coffee, beer, snack selection. Get your Four Peaks beer at Circle K uh, and premium gas. Uh, Also, uh, we are very excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. So to kick things off, we are giving you guys the opportunity to win some gas. Uh, To kick things off, we've teamed up for an amazing giveaway opportunity Text PHNX to 31310 for an opportunity to win a $500 gas card. See show notes for details. Uh, And, of course, we know what we do every day here. We get snacks from Circle K. That's one thing we do. Uh, Every day on this show is Earth Day. Every week on this show is Shark Week. And every Monday on this goddamn show, we go to the mailbag. (laughs) Damon, let's go. Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. Always something interesting in my mailbox. Jesse has a correction on, because uh, I can't read. Apparently, uh, those four teams aren't the only teams at MLB. They were talking about a half dozen teams, not a half dozen games. But they talked about that it wasn't going to be the full season. So it's it, like it, the it details may, are still pretty murky. They're still at, murky. At and and who the other teams are still uh, is going to come. I out, think but. it'd be kind of hilarious, though, if Major League Baseball was like, yeah, we'll we'll do it for a week. But then you're then you're on your you're own. You're on again. your own. Figure yeah. it out. Yeah, we'll Better step call in channel three or <laughs> something. <laughs> we'll rescue the situation for one week. And then we'll just leave you to yeah. whatever you could figure out. That, exactly. that will not that will not be happening. Exactly. Yeah, we'll take over. We already talked about it. I'll be your color. This guy's going to be your play by play. There we player. go. There we go. We got it. We got it going on. Uh, but tell you what, who else got it going on? You guys do with your questions. Can we get our first question? There, Damon. Uh, it comes from Ryan, who's here. Hello, Ryan. Uh, Hanley in our comments says, you are getting ready for a road trip. You stop at Circle K. What specific snacks and drinks are you walking out with? This is such a goddamn good question. I love it so I much. I have a I have a weakness for gas station donuts. Really? I'm just going to throw that out. Wow. Like, are, are you okay when they're stale and they've been sitting there all day? Like, does that impact your decision at, at all? Some, at some gas stations, I will encounter that. But at Circle K, no. I never encounter that. No, they're there. not because they're in that, that little container that keeps yeah, them fresh no, all the they're time. They're well-packaged. They're uh, always fresh. Yeah. And they're they're pretty darn good. I know... Uh, you know, donuts at gas stations get a bad rap sometimes. They do, but they do. Circle K is a little different. I like I'm a all, Circle K apple fritter. I'm all about. I am all about the sugary snacks when I go uh, to Circle K. So of course, I'm grabbing myself the Wrigley worms, the sour Wrigley worms, which I, mean, I can't going, eat. You're not going. You're not going. To like get something super healthy necessarily. No, right? you're absolutely at least, not. At least for no. me, that's never my well, perspective. And, and when I'm going I don't know to about you. I know you take a lot of road trips by yourself, right? But we also have the idea that whenever I'm driving, I seem to be, or whenever I'm on a road trip, I seem to be the one driving, right? So it's like everything I look for in my Circle K when I'm getting my road road trip snacks is is like sugar. It's sugar. It's just to keep it's you just awake. to keep me awake <laughs> and to keep me amped. Like I don't want anything that's going to soothe my nerves. Um, because that's not how I drive. I don't drive. I don't drive in a passive way. I drive in an aggressive, aggressive way. Right. I, I am fully, as a matter, this guy over here often asks me how I got to the studio from the station so fast. He comes in, uh, or from the, I'm from just the game. saying I'm not a slow driver. And there's been a few times when we left 
a certain place at like exactly the same time and we're both going to the same place and Derek just shows there 10 minutes before yeah, I do. That's good. And I'm that's always good a little concerned about how that happened. <laughs> well, he's not with me, so he doesn't understand. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing glad. That. I'm glad I'm not with yeah. you in those situations. I I, think. <laughs> I'm also picking up, I'll, I'm going to tell you guys, a zero sugar watermelon monster because it is the best monster that exists. Uh, and that is what I'm getting in my system for me to drive for... I'm only going to two places. I'm going to L.A. or I'm going to Las Vegas. That's the only places I'm going on a road trip. Any place farther than that is out of my road trip zone at That's this point fair. in life. That's fair. I mean, like up north somewhere, like Flagstaff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Around the state for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, sometimes those can be the, the most fun road trips, to be honest. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the in-state stuff. So Yeah. And then you got plenty of opportunities to get plenty of Circle K on your trip. So do that. Uh, all right. What else we got, Damon? Gabriel asks at Boldest Bronze on Twitter, uh, if you had to put money on the next extension candidate, who would you pick? I don't mean who will just get an offer. I mean, who will accept it? Mm. Ah, that last part. That last part's a Zach Gallon reference, isn't it? I get that reference. Yeah, I did it. All right. Uh, uh, so who do we think will actually accept it? Jesse, I'll, I'll let you start. I, if I've got to put money on it, I think Jordan Lawler is probably the name that comes to mind for really? me. Really? Um, wow. I think that, it, I mean, it's a similar Similar setup as Corbin Carroll, right? He opens 2023 in AA. Maybe he finds a way to, to get up to the big leagues at the end of the year like Corbin Carroll did. And as I talked about in our emergency show the other day, maybe we're having a similar conversation about a Jordan Lawler extension around this time next year. That's far-fetched. I mean, I wouldn't count on it happening that soon necessarily. But if Jordan Lawler comes up and makes an impression and the D-backs feel as strongly about him as they do about Corbin Carroll, it would only make sense for them to try to lock him up long-term as early as they can. I only have one single person I can think of, and that is uh, Team Mexico's own Alec Thomas. I, ah. I, I think there's a good reason, <laughs> uh, because I do think Alec Thomas is going to have a bounce-back season, especially con compared to the second half and being sent down and things yeah, like that. very fair. But I really think that prior to extending Jordan Lawler. I think Alec Thomas is a priority. I also think just financially, it's a smart move. It's a savvy move because again, before this guy's career potentially blows up, you might want to sign him now. He's he, he, he really has already showed that he's had all he has all the tools. I said it. I said the thing. I said all wow. the tools. Uh, but I think, you know, you're mixing up the Kings. Uh, I know Alec Thomas, <laughs> though, he very much, I think it had the normal kind of minor league career like being sent down is part of almost every minor leaguer's journey at some point you got your guys like Dre Jameson who say stuff about how they, they don't ever want to be sent down but that's just not the case it's sometimes yeah. it's not even about your performance sometimes it's merely about the fact that you might be one of the guys with options left and they just send you down simply because they need to make some other moves in the meantime and for now they don't want you to miss any starts and and you're a person that can you know of course uh, be called back up, at, you know, after they do that. However, I just think that uh, there is just something about uh, Alec Thomas that still seems like a very good player, maybe not as long-term of a contract as they gave to Corbin Carroll, but maybe something a little bit more like we saw for Cattell Marte or something that gets us kind of through maybe these arbitration years without them having to do that. And, and again, show that commitment level. I feel a lot of this is about showing their commitment level to, to the young players and showing that yeah. they, they want to build around them. Alec Thomas, definitely another name that I have in mind. And maybe even a little bit less far-fetched, honestly, than Jordan Lawler. Like Jordan Lawler, that would be a really that'd be a really big deal. And and like, you know, we were talking about earlier when Mike Hazen approached 
uh, Joe Urban, Corbin Carroll's agent, about this whole extension thing. He didn't really expect that, you know, that this would actually be something that could right. get done. And the situation would be similar with Jordan Lawler. I have no idea if Jordan Lawler would even be interested in signing that kind of a deal. I think with Alec Thomas, he's a little more established in the organization. Maybe maybe he feels a, a little bit more tied to, to some of his teammates and wanting to be here uh, in the long term. And uh, yeah, I, I think if Thomas comes out and has a good year this season, he's definitely a guy that I would be looking at next offseason as, as an extension candidate. Our next question, it comes from Brett Johnson. And Brett writes in to us and asks, do you think the WBC and videos like this will really make the D-backs focus on more concession line issues. It's been an issue for years, and it makes the upper and lower levels almost unbearable to sit in. And this was my bad. Did you, by chance, have that video, Damon, that was connected to that? No, I didn't download okay, it. Okay, that was my bad. But the video that he was referring to was basically a concourse video at Chase Field that showed an extremely long it's line. bad, yeah. And basically, <laughs> the, 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 the tweet was that every single concession stand at Chase Field look like that. Now, I wanted to ask you since you were there. It was not like that. Were they were they all open? I think that every place was open. Okay. Was every place not open for this video? Is that the difference? No, no, like I don't know that. That, that, many places that I don't know. That's what I'm saying. But okay. the lines were just ridiculously long. Now, I don't think that there's much that they can do about it if every concession stand is open. Right. Right. And these lines are for, they're not necessarily for the biggest you know, it's not like it, this is just a Hungry Hill line or a Chick-fil-A line. These were like for just your standard, just everything, you know, yeah. uh, sidewinders or whatever they call it, double headers or things like that. Right. So it's just really odd because honestly, it's a capacity issue. It, it happens at a lot of events that I've been to and it happens to events at Jace Field. Uh, Elton John was an absolute nightmare at times to go try to use the restroom or go to concession stand. And that's because they packed that building absolutely full. I will say that even at Innings Fest, you had to know that you needed to go to the bathroom 15 to 20 minutes before you actually had to go through the bathroom. <laughs> because if you were standing in that line doing the pee-pee dance, I like, good luck. <laughs> Nobody had any sympathy for anybody that day, right? So like yeah. these events are getting, especially the more popular events that are bigger capacity with a lot of people at them, they are just, you know, unfortunately like this. But I, I don't really know what a solution is. Uh, Nicholas in the comments said, Upper deck, not every food pace, space was open last night. They were crazy at the beginning, but died down as the game went on. Eat and drink beforehand if you go either way. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. There's so many good places in, in, in downtown for you to stop and grab something to eat at anyway. But, it again, there's a lot of people. These these games mean a lot to a lot of people, and especially last night's game. Uh, we are, we have video of the crowd from last night, but it was it was an insane atmosphere Jesse was there, and I just yeah. I don't know a solution because that's the exact kind of atmosphere you, you kind of want at a baseball game. Uh, but long lines and and things like that are, are all a part of it. Yeah, it is kind of a like be careful what you wish for kind of a thing. Uh, I know I know Sean DePaz has talked to us a lot about how he loves going to Diamondbacks games because the place is often you know kind of quiet and he empty. You can sit wherever he wants. You can, can find a spot that there's nobody at and just eat his nine hot dogs and have a good time. And, and the lines aren't bad and it's easy to go to the bathroom. Like there's not a ton of people waiting there or anything. So. I even said it on this show uh, and I said it in a joking fashion, but like I'm not truly excited to be at weekend series and things like this because as someone that is at Chase Field quite often, 
I kind of get set in my ways. And the fact that it's so easy to walk around and maneuver yeah. the concourse yeah. and, and find something <laughs> to eat is something that my grumpy old ass can't stand when there's 45,000 people. You want there to be 45,000 people. I'm like, get the fuck out of my way. What is happening here? It's like, oh, this is no fun at all. (laughs) But Uh, it was, the atmosphere was incredible. So it's, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot there. It's, it's kind of like the difference between sometimes wanting to go out uh, and, and be around a lot of people. Like you yeah. want to go out and like, you want things to be popping. You want there to be a lot of people, but if you're like just trying to get home from work, the last thing you want to, you don't want to work in old town till eight, nine o'clock at night and then try to be getting out of there with that traffic is what I'm trying to say. You get what I'm saying. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Brett asked us what we have as a solution. I don't really have one other than, uh, eat before you go, Brett. That's all <laughs> I got for you. I mean, I think that's just kind of the way it is. Like if you have, if you have almost 50,000 people in chase field, the lines are just going to kind of be like that. I will yeah. say that, and I think someone mentioned this in the chat as well. Uh, I went down and, and got food um, somewhere about midway through the game, and the line was not that bad. I, I waited for a little bit, but it was totally reasonable. So it might be more so like don't go get food at the very beginning of the yeah. game. Yeah. I think that's when the lines are, are really, really crazy. But um, but yeah, you know, things things died down as the game went along, and I didn't really see any huge issues with that last night. What else we got, Damon? Uh, Kevin asks, uh, you can only pick one. He says, A, purple teal uniforms permanently. B, best concession. I mean, concession- that, that's, that's, that's it. I don't even need to hear B and C, Derek. I'm going to be honest <laughs> here. I, I, Jesse, <laughs> you know you and I don't agree on much, but this is something we 100% agree on. I don't Like, you're right. I don't even need to see the rest. Best concession food in MLB? I don't care because if I'm wearing a care. purple and teal uniform, it could be the worst concession food in MLB. I'll be happy. <laughs> Bobblehead giveaways, I don't give a shit. Give me a free purple and teal uniform and I'll be fucking happy. Like, that's how it works. Nah, they are giving one away and I'm still mad about the bobblehead. So that's not entirely true. But I don't need the most bobbleheads in, in baseball. I only have so much shelf space, to be honest. I felt is that, like. Is, any- that, is that true, Derek? Are you sure? Oh, man. My, you, you I'm, seem, my, my, shelf, my shelf space is maximumed out, right? It's maxed out right now. There's a, Maybe I'll have to bring them in here and put them with the other ones that we got in here. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't have any more space in my house. As a matter of fact, anytime they gave us more than five bobbleheads in the past, I felt like it was a bit suffocating because I needed to go get them. But did I have space for them? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, last question comes from, of course, Don's Bread. Uh, and Don's Bread asks, What's something baseball related that makes you feel like this? And for our audio listeners, there's just a sad dog wearing what appears to be uh, a headset for possibly uh, some sort of uh, telecommunications company. Is this a secret agent dog? Is that what, is I, that what this I think is? This, I think this dog is collecting on people's mortgages is what I think this dog is doing. Because I've seen that same soulless look in my eyes and it's when I used to have to collect on people's mortgages, but uh, he wants to know what's something baseball related that makes you feel like this. Well, I feel like I've changed my answer now because you just added so much more to this dog. I really story did, didn't I? I, I, gave him a I don't know what I had in mind really yeah. fits. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Scott Boris being Drew Jones's agent makes me feel like this. Interesting. Okay. It's, right. it's, just- it's this deadness inside that I can't really describe other than I just feel hopeless about the situation, despite the fact that it's far too early to feel that level of hopelessness. You, you get where I'm coming? I, I get it. What I get got? it. Um, when people get angry about the pitch clock, uh, would maybe be, maybe be mm. one of mine. I guess yeah. maybe that's a little bit more 
anger yeah. than, than just sadness no, but it's as sadness. this dog appears to be it's emoting. sadness. You sat at a nearly a four-hour baseball game the other night, Jesse, and you I have did. every reason to defend the bitch I clock. Did. And I walked back to my car at about 1.30 in the morning <laughs> in the streets of downtown Phoenix. It was it was quite an experience. Um, no, yeah, it, do, it does make me sad when, uh, when people are so critical of the pitch clock before sure. I think they've really given it a chance. Yeah. I understand that uh, you know, anytime you introduce something like that into a sport that's been around as long as this one has and a sport that has as much tradition and as many traditionalists as mm-hmm. this sport does, yeah. I, I understand there's an adjustment period there, but give it a shot. You know, I, I feel like just about everyone should come around to this eventually. Um, I com- I agree completely. I, I don't have more to say than that because we love the pitch clock. All hail the pitch clock uh, and we will not stand for any kind of uh, pitch clock slander on this show. But uh, before we talk more about that in the World Baseball Classic game, we want to tell you to check out more furniture uh, because, of course, more furniture is the best place in the Valley for you to be buying your furniture. It's where Jesse needs to go to get his furniture because he just goes to this place called Chase Lounges R Us and... I don't even understand where that place is. I don't even understand why that kind of a business would have would have been able to to survive, uh, you know, a, a pandemic. But somehow been around for years. Jesse's favorite place to shop. But we need to get into more furniture because he needs more furniture. And when I say more furniture, I mean things other than chase lounges. Uh, so also, uh, you guys get furniture for your house. So that way you can set a good example for this young man over here. Uh, get that white glove delivery service. That way uh, you can have the uh, furniture not only brought to your house, but set up and you don't have to do a thing. All you have to do is lift your feet uh, so that they can put a new ottoman underneath it. So save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. Uh, and more importantly, check out our website over at gophnx.com. We thank you guys uh, for doing so. We thank you guys for being here. If you're here right now in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, make sure to subscribe to our channel, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when any of our shows go live. Leave us a thumbs up just to make these two guys feel good about ourselves. If you're listening on our favorite audio podcasting app or yours, we, we don't want to tell you what our favorite one is. So this is, that's, it's fucking, that's secret information. But if you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting app, make sure to subscribe to us there. Leave us a review. We always appreciate the feedback. Uh, and Jesse, of course, has some wonderful writing over at gophnx.com. Some of, it fr- some of it is free. Some of it isn't. And if you want all of it, you need to sign up for a diehard membership. Not only will you get his newsletter, the full count, not the full count. I'm not allowed to call it that. It's just full count. Do you Jesse just Friedman's. mess it up so that you can correct yourself? I don't know. It's just, Is it's, that what you it, do? no, it's like, it, it doesn't make any sense that there's not a, the, for making as big of a deal about the it as you do, you think because you'd have a higher than 60% success rate. You yell at me after every episode. <laughs> you should see how mad he gets at me about it. But I'm telling you, uh, full count newsletter, get that from Jesse, get Gerald, get Craig, uh, get Howard, all the wonderful writers around here and all their newsletters. You also get access uh, to our members only discord lounge. You get free merch from the phnxlocker.com. Every single year as that you stay a member as well as uh, discounts up to 20% off future purchases. So make sure to sign up for that membership. Get members only merch, get members only invites to events and so much more. So sign up, join us, become part of the PHNX family. Uh, Gabe talked about the Die Hard Jacket. That one is an absolute must. Uh, and Die Hard Jacket, I'm going, Chris, I'm going Die Hard Jacket instead of Phoenix Hoodie. She asked Phoenix Hoodie or Die Hard Jacket for the WBC tonight. Uh, just, it's a little warm. 
And I heard that it was a little warm in Chase Field because they had the roof closed, they, they had the panels have the, closed. They did have the roof they closed. 47,000 people rubbing up against each other and doing strikeout motions. I don't know if you guys saw those guys behind the <laughs> behind the home plate, but they were awesome. But uh, the World Baseball Classic was awesome. The atmosphere was incredible. We actually have video from Jesse. Uh, this was after the second home run of the night by Mensis. Uh, and let's take a look at what this place looked like, man. Man, I love the sombreros. That was something. And that so was, was that. That was incredible. That crowd was electric. Uh, just absolutely awesome. Um, and an and insanely uh, talented MLB lineup that just couldn't do anything against Team Mexico last night. Yeah, it was kind of hilarious. I'm not going to lie. I mean, <laughs> you have Team Mexico bringing out guys who haven't pitched. Some of them had never pitched a game in the big leagues. Uh, Their start, first few pitchers that Team Mexico brought out. Uh, you know, reputable, reputable big league arms. Uh, Patrick Sandoval started the game and, you know, is a, a solid, a solid pitcher who's already, you know, spent some good time in the big leagues. But once they got toward the end of this game, Derek, uh, these guys had no big league experience whatsoever. And and Mookie Betts just couldn't <laughs> figure it out. And, you know, the, the list goes on of, of star studded, you know, names in this lineup. Right. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, uh, Bobby Witt Jr., uh, it was it was crazy. I mean, it was basically as I described it in in the article that I wrote uh, late last night. It was basically like you had like a high end AAA team going against the National League All Stars, and and the high end AAA team just dominated yeah. the game like yeah. from from the first pitch of this one essentially. So and it that, was it was incredible. And that's a great metaphor because I feel like part of it might have been the fact that Team USA with all of its major leaguers has this pressure to perform, whereas a team like Team Mexico, which still has their fair share of major leaguers, still views it differently, right? Like, they want to beat USA. They want to come out. They want to attack. They want to be aggressive, whereas Team USA might be thinking a little bit more passively, like, I just don't want to look bad. I don't – I hope this doesn't go – like, I yeah. hope – you know what I mean? Like, and again, it, it just might be the fact that uh, baseball is this incredible sport that – uh, guys that like we talked about with the Czech Republic team and everything else, right? Just have this incredible story and anybody can beat anybody on any given night. Any of these pitchers, especially with the pride of their country behind them, their flag on their shoulder, that team name across their chest. Like it just makes people perform at a different level. You talked about the closer connection that these players feel to playing for their country and that sense of pride rather yeah. than necessarily just playing for your team that paid you money. You know? That's that's my hypothesis, is that like if you're a baseball player, you feel a close tie to whatever your major league team is, of course, right? But that can change very quickly, sure right? Team, players go from one team to another to another all the time in this game, but you don't go from one country to to another to <laughs> another true. right yeah, like yeah. like you're at least you shouldn't i hope i hope there are rules <laughs> against that um you know your heritage is your heritage and that's something that that always sticks with you and is always going to be really a, an important part of who you are as a person 
right? Like when, when you play for the D-backs, when you play for, you know, the, the Padres or whatever, whatever your team is, like, yes, you're going to embrace that while you're there. But I don't know if it really becomes a part of like who you are as an individual as much as like the country that you're representing yeah. in the World Baseball Classic. And, and you could just see that on display so much in that game last night. It wasn't just the passion that the, the players were showcasing. It was the passion in the stands, right? Just how much everyone who came out in particular to support Team Mexico Team USA fans were out there as well, but there was no question. We tweeted it out. This was basically a home game for Team Mexico. Absolutely was. And, uh, Absolutely and, was. and you could just tell there was just this electric feeling in the ballpark yeah. that like the the people who came out to support Team Mexico, that that was part of who they are, right? Like they just lived and breathed Team Mexico, right? Because that was part of who they are as people. And I just think that's a stronger connection than than what any fan or player can really form with with just one of these baseball teams not to mention the fact that we have these opportunities coming up for some of these guys like obviously we've talked at length about how good team usa is dominican republic but we have these great stories like venezuela and other countries that are doing uh, incredible things in this tournament and it's not necessarily the team you think it would be based on the fact that it's like this this team comprised of you know, former Major League Baseball players that retired years ago and names you've never heard of. But like even, for instance, in the Dominican Republic's matchup with Nicaragua, the DR won like they were supposed to, 6-1. to one. But one of the beautiful stories about that is one of the Nicar Nicaraguan players, uh, Duque Hebert, I think that's how you say his name, Hebert, uh, he stole the show in the top of the ninth inning when he took to the mound and struck out uh, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, and Rafael Devers back-to-back. -back. That young man received a contract from the Detroit Tigers right after the game ended. So if Really? You, right after the I game ended. That. That's crazy. Yeah, and so like he reportedly signed the dotted line tonight. Today is Monday after the game. So like you just have these incredible stories happening all around this tournament that just remind you about how – wonderful baseball can be but more importantly why a tournament like this is so important it not only makes us all love the game a little bit more and root for our country and kind of feel a bit patriotic but there's things like this that are happening and these guys their lives are being changed by this opportunity in this in this tournament so, so is that czech republic guy who struck out shohei otani are we giving him nine figures yes. now? Is that is that how this Sign works? Him. Sign his ass. <laughs> I mean, we have so many other stories to talk about that we haven't even touched on. Uh, uh, it, it was Joey Manessis, right? Is that how you say that? I believe Manessis. so. My, my, I got his my name right. accent is, right. is very Manessis, poor. Uh, two home runs in that game to lead Team Mexico. Our own Alec Thomas had uh, you know a hit, and he scored a run, I think two hits? Or was it one hit? He had one hit, uh, but, he, but he had a very hard line drive that was like 108 off the bat or something that was right at Jeff McNeil. So more that, importantly, that's at least half a hit. More right? importantly, that at least half a hit. he did what he does in center field at Chase Field, he and he that. fucking dominated. He His defense was incredible. So um, Merrill Kelly did not start. We don't know when he will start for Team USA. I saw Gabriel say earlier he'll start on Wednesday. Um, I haven't uh, kept up on any of that today, but um, that wouldn't surprise me. I was expecting it to either be um, tomorrow or Wednesday. It so. was it was a shame that we didn't get to see him pitch in this one. But yeah, uh, Team USA almost had, almost mercy mercy ruled at, uh, close to it. No, right it's now. not. It's not the mercy rule, Derek. It's oh, the run rule. I'm calling. Right? It, yeah, That's the politically so correct nicer. version of the <laughs> mercy rule, and it did come close. I believe it's ten runs or more. Oh. Um, seventh inning or later, like when an inning is complete. 
Uh, we had an 11 to two baseball game we in the seventh or eighth inning last we night. There. So uh, that would have been truly embarrassing for for Team USA to get mercy ruled. Um, well, and honestly, Team USA, this is the third time out of the last four times that they've matched up with Team Mexico that they've lost. So Team Mexico just seems to have USA's number. Yeah. And Team USA really is on the verge of not advancing, uh, which really, yeah. I, I, I don't I, I don't know. I don't know. What I, do you think? I think so. As of last night, yes, uh, they were kind of in trouble. Um, and, and there is still a scenario where Team USA doesn't advance for sure. And I mean, they still have to win two more games. We're kind of just assuming that they're going to win their next two games when that's obviously not guaranteed. Not a given. Right. Um, but yeah, a, a big thing happened today, which was that Great Britain beat Colombia. Um, and so the fact that Colombia now has a loss, uh, Team USA plays against Colombia directly. If Team USA wins that game, that would bury Colombia. And then I think at that point, you're probably safe from a three-way tie scenario. Uh, that would make it difficult for Team USA to advance. But they still have to win these next two games. They still have to beat uh, Canada tonight, and then they also have to beat uh, Colombia as well, would be would be the other one. Great Britain's jersey, by the way, is the worst jersey I've ever seen in it the is, history of it professional is baseball. an abomination. Not to mention today that on one of their pitchers, the, the T, the T, which they've been dropping quite a bit. You've seen their little celebration ceremony where they dip the tea and then drink it the tea fell off the jersey can is there a fucking hollywood writer writing this entire <laughs> tournament i don't get between the czech republic this shit i don't i can't i can't even the great britain jerseys are so bad that i kind of love them they're so bad they're that i could make one right now in the next 15 minutes and you probably wouldn't know if it was uh fake or not i don't yeah, know yeah no i i think i saw someone say this on twitter and it's totally true I'm pretty sure they opened a Word document. It is. And, and they it's bold Arial. To, to Arial. Yeah, yep. Arial. Bold. 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 Yep. Which, which 14 was a, font. 14 which point? was a, an edgy move on their it part. It really was. They, they Nobody uses fucking bold yeah, Arial anymore. Yeah, they weren't anymore. sure if they wanted to go bold. Yeah. They thought about the italics. Yeah. They, they didn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Uh, bold but they're was, British, so they were like, is this too wild? And they were like, yeah. oh, I don't know. Right. right. So they made sure that it was just uh, the dullest gray uh, jersey that you've ever seen oh in your God. life. And then just uh, black letters. And uh, it's straight out of 1892 is what it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Is it's, this what they uh, they wore like during the war of 1812? Or I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't it, know. Was, it was pretty I bad, Derek. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we have so many more storylines to discuss. Uh, Max Scherzer had some thoughts and we'll get more information for you uh, on the World Baseball Classic tomorrow. We're also very excited on tomorrow's episode to be joined by Stefan and Chris Carey, uh, the Amarillo Sod Poodles. Uh, commentator well play by play and much yeah. like us when we take over the d-backs they'll be like us we'll be play by play and uh color together but we're very excited to have the carry brothers in here so make sure to join us tomorrow they have some pretty pretty legendary uh family history they do i'm not sure if you've heard of, of their grandfather but we'll talk about that of course uh, and so much more in the meantime you guys should go out now and download the DraftKings sportsbook app Get down on the app and use code PHNX. If you're a new customer, you can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Of course, there's lots of bets to be putting out there, but if I was a betting man, which I am, I would put money on Corbin Carroll winning the Rookie of the Year, especially after this contract extension, and that's something that I already did. You guys know. You saw it. I did it on this show. So make sure to check out all of those future bets that you have for Major League Baseball and get down on the World Baseball Classic bets as well over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, quick shout-out to our friend Mountain Mike. 
Uh, he says he's not the the real Mountain Mike, but that's bullshit. This guy's obviously a billionaire, uh, just playing like he's not. But uh, shout out to Mountain Mike's for not only feeding us so well, but of course, uh, offering some of the best pizza in the valley that you can get uh, at an absolute steal of a deal. Head over to mountainmikes.com uh, or mountainmikespizza.com or to their Mesa, Chandler, or Tucson location to place your next order. And here's the thing. If you are a PHNX Diehards member, you can get a $50 voucher for Mountain Mike's upon signing up for a new membership. So if you didn't, if you needed one more reason to sign up for a diehard membership, there it is. Check out our friends at Mountain Mike's in Mesa, Chandler, and Tucson. Uh, so, guys, thank you guys so much. Come back here Friday. We'll give away another Mountain Mike's 20-inch pepperoni go. pizza. There you go. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This guy's at Jesse N. Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But, of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Is this our, our longest show ever? This is absolutely I our think longest it is. show. An hour and 12 <laughs> minutes, uh, and it's just too damn much. But and we have more things we on our cut, rundown we cut, that we, we cut did half not. Of it out. Yeah, I'm sure we even cut a video or audio clip or the two. The Corbin Carroll extension oh. just ruined all of our show We could just talk about next, that for the next uh, month or two, 72 so. hours straight, but <laughs> nobody wants that. Uh, well, we thank you guys for being here for our longest show ever. On behalf of Damon, Jesse, and myself, we always appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you know exactly where you're going to play for the next nine years.